It's calling the dogs with Chansey and Chi, and my God, so much has happened in the last 48 hours, 72 hours, however many hours it's been, but so many just good things and then a bad thing, but still good things. It's just, there's a lot to take in. Yeah, to be honest with you, I'm just very glad that we didn't miss, I'm glad we didn't record yesterday. Because it would have been the probably the twentieth time this year that we've missed the big news that has come out in a week and and recorded the day before. So I'm thankful that at least you we're not. I mean, hell, hell, like I told you beforehand, while we're sitting here, disclaimer, everybody, we may find out who we're gonna play while we're recording this thing. It is eight forty-five on on Monday night, uh, but we don't know. If we do, we'll put it on here, and then even though you'll you'll already find out today. You'll hear about it tomorrow, but uh, it's just kind of crazy, man. But we're gonna, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll definitely talk about that situation. But it's just, uh, I'm, I, I don't even know what to think, man. I, anyway, we'll get to the game cancellation. But we have some bigger news that Chancy. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna throw to you uh, because I feel like you 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 have a better way of putting things into words than I do. How much we hate that university down in Gainesville. It. It's some like we we do talk about on here how it's tough to describe just how miserable they are as a as a group of beings, but uh, this weekend watching that game, I, I was I was just beyond overjoyed to just watch Florida's season crumble in just the a cluster. I mean, the fog rolled in. I mean, it was eerie looking. It was just, but the way that it crumbled, the fact that they still like had a chance to win that game, but just the way that who they are as a people caused them to, to miss out on just one of the best seasons they would have had in their, in the history of their program. And that is just a beautiful thing uh, to watch, uh, to, to see them lose to a, I think a three and five at the time, LSU Tigers yeah, team. See, but here's the deal: it, the the three and five doesn't really tell the story of how terrible that team should have been in that game. I mean, they played. I think for whatever reason, I don't know if they're playing for Edo or what, or if there was just so many guys that are unproven on there, they wanted to go out there and show that they can play. But that was a shell of a team that was already a shell of the team that they had last year. Because, yeah, I mean, you've got guys that are opting out left and right. They had their big tight end, Reed Gilbert, uh, opt out. Um, and we're trying to I'm, – I'm, I'm trying to figure out how they even had a, a team that they could field. They had that old boy from Max Johnson from Oconee County. He played Just pretty well. Out, came out, I say he, he went out there, slung the ball pretty – I mean, what's he got to lose? That's yeah. the thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's the thing. Yeah, you, you come out there and it's just like, if you get a gunslinger's attitude, which I will say, I'd say about – 90% of his throws were in front of the down to go, but still, <laughs> the, he, he made some plays. He made plays when he had to make plays. Chancey, my question for you is, were you happier with, and, 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 and also I want to hear your thoughts on just how this all went down, but were you happier with how Florida lost and them losing or the fact that we won our game on, on Saturday? Oof. Yeah, it I really do think just the way that they lost that game, it was just it brought me so much joy. <laughs> I mean, they because they 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 really they controlled their destiny. I mean, they all they had to do was beat just a terrible, the, maybe the worst team LSU has ever fielded, yep, and in, in the history of their program, and to turn around and just lose it and it's just in the fashion that they lost it, it was just a. <laughs> It was just beautiful, and obviously, what we're referring to is they have a. I mean, their defense played played awful, and LSU was able to to score on them. I mean, with with pretty consistent. I mean, consistently, were able to go down the field and score, and uh, just with some and busted plays and things like that. But uh, the the infamous will, will go down in just football lore as just the cleat throw. <laughs> I mean, just the the best part was, is you never hear, you really rarely hear a ref talk about the penalty and what happened during a play. But mm-hmm. I'm just so thankful that the ref said at the end of that, he's like, uh, 
personal foul, unsportsmanlike conduct, number 11, which it was number three, but number 11 on the defense for throwing a cleat 20 yards down the field. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just like he just, yeah, you know, just toss it to the side. Dude reared back and threw it about as hard as he could. But just it's a complete, but, but, just a complete lapse of just any judgment, and that's what's going to be the end of their season, and it's just a beautiful thing. Yeah, I mean, you you go nowhere. You you go from having, uh, so I mean, I think I saw that they, you know, of course, like if they won that game and then somehow found a way to beat Alabama, which I don't, I don't, you know, think is going to happen. Um, but if they somehow found a way to beat Alabama after winning that game, they're going to be in the, in the in the playoff. But I mean, I don't think what we're talking about right now really doesn't show the whole gravity of the situation. I mean, it was it, it, that game was was over. Pretty much because it was a third down play, and Max Johnson threw it short to the tight end, and he gained like three yards. It was like a third and ten or or third and long, and he only gained a few yards, and so it was about to be fourth down, and would have had to, you know, kind of either throw up a prayer or hopefully get a first down or whatever. But what that did was extend the drive to where they could kick a field goal. I mean, basically it went from being a fourth down, like, oh, we've got a, ch- a fighter's chance to, like, we got a chance to drive down here. And it was a tied ball game, right, at, at, at the time? It was tied or they were they were losing. I thought they were – or maybe it was tied. I think it was tied. You're right. It was tied. It was tied. Yeah, because they kicked a field goal and Florida – so they kicked a field goal from, like, it was, like, the longest. So, yeah, they convert there. They drive down the field close enough to where they feel fairly comfortable and get get stopped and they have to kick a field goal. I think it was like that kids I think it was a fifty seven yarder. It was like it was the, fifty it was fifty seven yards because it was yeah. the longest in LSU history. It, it, and the kid had I think the previous long he had was like fifty three and dude just got up there and spanked it. Like it was almost like they didn't even like it was like literally like they got set. He didn't do any like practice kicks or anything like that. Dude just got set and just drilled it. And I was I was so amped, and I I, I will well, say I, another, I jumped the another gun thing, a little bit. Well, I and another thing too is LSU didn't have any timeouts, mm-hmm. and so they were going to rush the they were rushing the field goal unit onto the field because it was going to be the last play. Florida called the timeout. Mm-hmm. Florida called the timeout, and I, I mean, so in their mind, thinking they were going to preserve the time on the clock or whatever it was. Well, then the boy goes out and boots. 57-yard field goal um, and just gives him time to collect himself because, I mean, even if the kid's good, you don't just turn around and just run and kick a 57, like just jog onto the field. Everybody's rushing to get lined up, and then you get a perfect snap, perfect hold, kick a 57-yard field goal. Right. So another thing that – and I can see how you would make that call in in that time, but, I mean, for them to do that, just another thing that you kind of have to tack on to the – was that the best call there? Well, it, it did give them – I will say it did give them a chance. So that was another thing is that – what was there, like 30 seconds left on the clock whenever they kicked the field goal. So you're thinking, oh, crap. I mean, they still have time to at least drive down again in field goal range. And sure enough, as it was happening, I was like – because I kind of pulled the trigger a little early because I texted our group text. And I was like, suck it, Dan, you know, like and all that. <laughs> and then I was like, of course, it's going to be the most – Florida thing to actually drive down here and either throw a Hail Mary for a touchdown or get in field goal range and then win it in overtime. But then what I mean, they have a good kicker. Florida does. And whenever they got what was it a, a 52 or 53, it wasn't anything too crazy. It was 51. It was a yeah. 51. So I mean, uh I mean, you've got a you've got a decent chance to do just they just pushed it a little bit. I mean, I was so happy. It was awesome. And, and, and to answer my own question, I mean, the Missouri win was awesome, and I, it showed us so many things. But, I, like, I never really thought that we were, like, you know, it's, it's nothing surprising. I mean, I knew that we had a better Missouri, a team than Missouri, and we've been a better and better team each week. So I felt very confident that was going to happen. But I don't think anybody called LSU beating Florida. Hell, the, the spread was, like, 21.5 points or something like that. It was – over a three touchdown spread, and it was tight the whole game. It yeah. was just the whole the whole game was back and forth. It was it was like a normal LSU Florida kind of game. I mean, it was what you would you felt like you would normally see in one of those 
situations, a game that nobody expected to have any kind of type of value. And uh, LSU just said, we, we ain't we ain't done. I mean, really just giving LSU some momentum going into the offseason is pretty – I mean, it was, it was huge uh, for them. They got a hell I mean, of a mountain to climb to, to, well, they got, to get. Well, they got a mountain – they got a mountain to climb, but I mean, you can. I mean, there's still some. I mean, it gives, it saves Ozeron for maybe a few games. I mean, <laughs> it may. <laughs> when it you may. Go, but but it's just, it, I, it was just so. I was so happy that it happened the way it did. But it just pissed me off even more that we lost to them this season when they were as uh, as vulnerable as they showed, and uh, it, it was just, it, it was it was frustrating. It makes me ready to go back to Jackson. I've never been more ready to get back to Jacksonville. Because I would love to play them right now. Yeah, I, I don't uh, envy the fact that you were actually there to see that game in person. Now, I will say, if you talk to, I think if you talk to most people around the country right now, if you're somewhat, if you're fairly unbiased fan, I think a lot of people think, okay, this Georgia team with a capable quarterback is a completely different monster than the team that played against Florida. Um, not to mention, we were playing with our basically our third string defense over there during that game. Uh, and now we've got guys back like Jordan Davis is back. Kenny Mack is, is fairly healthy. I mean, you got guys that we were missing uh, for half the year. So it was, uh, yeah, I just, I, I felt like we had to start off just like pouring it on that wound because those people suck. I was, the people I was watching it with on Saturday night, uh, you know, I was just, I was just like, I hate this team. You know, I was just like saying that out loud, which I normally do anytime I see Florida on the on the on the TV screen, and I like kept on saying it because, well, I mean, there's no amount of times that you can say it and it'd be too much. And they're like, "Yeah, Correct. we we get it, we know you." And I was like, "No, you don't understand. I hate these people, and you need to know." And it can never be said enough. Well, anyway, um, Chance, I uh, I'm just glad we were able to witness that. Um, coming back. Unless you have, do you have any more comments on on Florida being a POSs? No, I also oh, oh, talk about Dan Mullen. What do you, what do you think about Dan? Uh, basically, completely neglecting this whole situation. Oh, just uh, after the game, talking about he didn't. He he just. It was like he didn't know that the whole thing happened, and uh, and then also today, basically saying that he went back and watched it and just didn't think it was as big of a deal as it was made out to be, and all he this called kind it of a stuff. Fo- he called it a football move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, what? I mean, what? He, he's proving he's proving more and more how he is not he's not a leader. He's he just acts immature. I mean, he just acts very immature on the field. Yeah. And um, there, there's one thing about getting amped up and getting excited. Kirby gets amped up and excited. But and yeah, he dropped f bomb in a press conference one time. Who hasn't dropped f bomb in a conference in a press conference? One yeah, time but that was after. Time. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> and, it was uh, awesome. But. but but he, but um, that's what I'm saying. That's awesome. What Dan Mullen's doing is just it, it's it's just childish, and um, it just it feeds more and more to the to what they've got going on over there. And I and I'm just I'm all about it. I'm like keep pouring the gas on it. Let's keep it. Let's keep the fire hot. I, I like what I'm seeing. Well, it just it just is not one. It's not professional. Two. It's it just shows that he's just letting them do whatever the hell they want to do. Like, it sounded like, I mean, I understand, like, protecting your players, but in that situation, you don't just say, oh, I didn't see anything wrong. You just say, I mean, what Kirby would have said in that situation is, is yeah, we reviewed the tape. I saw exactly what he did. We've already addressed it with, with such and such, um, and, you know, we're going to handle that internally. That's what he would say. He wouldn't say, I didn't see anything wrong. It was a football move. It was a football move. I Last time I checked, it was, it was a defensive back that, that threw the shoe. It was not a quarterback. He shouldn't be throwing anything. <laughs> it was also a shoe. It was yeah. the guy's shoe. that was. It just didn't make – I mean, anyway. Yeah, they – just watching that was just – everything that happened, and it just keep kept happening, just made me happier and happier uh, to watch that transpire. And so I'm just – I'm very thankful and uh, would like for it to be talked about for a long time. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm very much enjoyed the memes. Also – Great job on the Instagram post. I wanted to make sure I gave a shout-out. Uh, if you haven't gone on there, go to our Instagram account, uh, at Calling the Dogs, and, uh, and she uh, has just made a beautiful video 
uh, and uh, just just synced up perfectly. Just just great quality. So well done, sir. Well done. If you thank you, thank you. If you're a uh, if you're a fan of Awesome Powers or have seen the movies in whatever capacity, you'll uh, I think you'll find it funny. Uh, yeah, I I think uh, gosh, I, I I could not have enjoyed watching that happen and unfold unfold and just watch Florida just completely bury any chances they had of making the college football playoffs. So thankful for that. Uh, Chance kind of switching gears here a little bit. Uh, We found out earlier today that the Vanderbilt game was canceled. So what was supposed to be our senior day in Sanford Stadium, noon game. Again, my brother's we're, we're trying to plan out taking their kids to this game. We were all probably going to go, me and my brothers and my dad and me. And it uh, sound, sounds like sounds like Vandy, Vandy's program is is just so irrelevant that they went, don't win a single game, and then they're just – and I'm sorry, but, like, this is not all just because of COVID. And, and, and I know it's a serious thing, and I, and I don't want to say there it doesn't have anything to do with it. But if you if somebody tells me that that was completely and solely why they had less than, I think I saw the last time number I saw they had less than forty five players that were able to play this weekend. Nah, that is not the reason why that is the case. I'm sorry. There's there's just, there's people that you dismiss a head coach who has gained loyalty of the of the student student athletes. Uh, honestly, probably throughout a lot of the athletic administration. Uh, and 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 you expect there to be no repercussions? Uh, I'm sorry, but there's there's other things to this besides the COVID issue. Yeah, they uh, they have they're they're just in shambles. I mean, Bandy's always, and we talked about this last week, but their their inability to to cater to their team and and to take care of their players and keep them wanting to play for this team just shows into what disarray they are. The fact that they've canceled a game on us twice in less than ten days is just um is just ridiculous and uh and very frustrating uh just uh it's just been a been a joke really and uh and and i hate it for the players that did want to play um and i i I really hate it for our guys not getting our senior day um as of right now which we'll talk about but uh vanderbilt is just i mean they're, they're always the laughing stock at the sec but right now it's just it's just pitiful. I mean, the fact that they can't put this together when when so many have, and um, and and they just they don't they don't know how to handle this. And I don't know how you bounce back from this. So they did just uh, at while well, before we right before we started recording, it was announced that they've got uh, a new head coach. Um, was it hey was it Chuck Lee or Lay or something like that? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. Notre Dame's defensive coordinator. So they've got a they've got a coach. Somebody was willing to accept the job, but uh, but it's just gonna be it's gonna be a long time for it. They're they're able to recover from. I mean, and whatever you want to determine recover is for Vanderbilt. I mean, right. it's just it, it's it is what it is. The goal of being a head coach there is to get them to a is to have a little bit of success and then to turn around and try to get picked up by a bigger program. I mean, you want to create some kind of turnaround for them. And the goal is to get picked up by somebody else, uh, uh, a larger name. Well, I mean, and that's the thing is that nobody's going to, yeah, I mean, nobody's going to commit. I'd say James Franklin may, and 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 you know what, he did enough there for me to, to hate his ass. So, oh yeah, I, I will well, say he, that he's was probably the, he was been the best the most, case scenario. He was the best case scenario yeah. for a, for a Vanderbilt head coach. Well, I, I would say that he probably was the the most successful one that they've had at least at least in recent memory. Yeah, so I, so, no, for sure, and I mean, and, and like you said, enough to get us pissed off and and to to ruin some memories for us, but 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 anyway, so just very frustrating. Um, but as we as we as we speak, uh, we are trying to find a replacement and trying to look for opportunities of teams that may want to play us. Uh, so there's they're in a mad dash because there is some kind kind of or we are on the clock in terms of when we can have this scheduled by and what the what the specifications are and there's there's qualifiers and we don't know all the details of what it's going to take but uh, we have heard that um, that McGarry said that we'll have a decision within the next 24 hours and 
that's whether we have a team to play uh, or we will not be playing anyone. So people are leaning towards saying that there's a high chance of us not playing anybody, but it's 2020 and literally anything is possible. My my opinion of this is if if so it has to be okay by the SEC, but it's the last game of the season. All they want to do is just have an opponent to where the the, the seniors can have a game. And sorry, I keep getting these notifications from Dog Nation, and I just am waiting for it to be the one that tells us who we're going to play. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so all we want to do is just have somebody that seniors can play. I, I had seen that people were talking about Colorado State being a possibility. I mean, Chancey, we're looking at, say you look at like the, the Pac-12. I don't know what the situation is with the Big 12. I mean, I, I think they've technically ended their season. Because remember, they started way back when the ACC did. But but then you look at, there's still some teams that got their games canceled this weekend. I mean, Georgia Tech and Miami canceled their game. And I don't know if that's because I don't know which team was the reason. I actually think it was Georgia Tech. Yeah, so, Georgia I mean, like, Tech was if, the one that was messed, that had more yeah, COVID so like, cases and whatnot. Yeah, so what? You know, what's what's the big deal if we try to schedule Miami? I think that'd be awesome because I think one, it's still a Power Five team. It's not like we're playing a Georgia State or something like that. But it's still, it's kind of one of those things that I feel pretty confident that we could still beat Miami pretty good, and. I mean, especially after seeing, good gracious, their defense gave up like a thousand yards to North Carolina last weekend. But there's still some other. I mean, there's some other potential possibilities. I mean, yeah, they were talking about Colorado State. I think there's some smaller schools that might be a possibility. So it'd be almost like a homecoming senior night. Did we even have? Was there a homecoming game? I think was I, homecoming I canceled. I don't. Yeah, I think homecoming was canceled. I well, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know how that worked. <laughs> I don't. I don't either. I don't either. But but the pro- but the problem you have to look at too is is you have to find somebody that's willing to play us because they know we are we're ranked whatever we are now eight or nine and th- that number will change tomorrow uh, or today as, as if you're, whenever you're listening to this. But we are a team on the rise, so there aren't going to be a lot of teams. The, the, really, the only teams that we're going to be able to play are somebody's got something to prove. I mean, in terms of. What, what they're trying to what they're trying to do I mean that that's the only thing that I can that I can think of is, is a team because no a lot of people aren't going to want to kind of play us they know we're playing well now we're getting yeah. healthier we've got a quarterback so there's there's that mentality as well because Miami is like well they probably feel the same as yeah Georgia could probably beat us so why do we want to go up there and and, and get beat basically yeah and now I mean I I, I completely get that and the only thing is, I mean, this is such a – I wouldn't say it was a throwaway season if we were about to play in the SEC championship. But at this point, we've lost the majority of the goals that we have for the year. I mean, the only one that's still on the table is, you know, basically get a New Year's Six Bowl. And it's kind of a throwaway season at this point. So, I mean, for us, it's like we just want to play one more game. We want to honor the seniors – but yeah, you gotta have somebody who's willing to come out. I mean, you'd you'd have to pay them. You'd have to pay them, just like you would have to pay the you know Georgia Southerns of the world or the you know what whatever Arkansas States of the world you know that would have to come and play. Probably even have to pay them more. But then, so I mean, I was looking at the list. So I mean, I was talking about Colorado State. Colorado just had their game canceled because they were supposed to play Oregon. We talked about it beforehand. Dagum Washington and USC. We're supposed to play in the Pac-12 championship, and now and Washington had to bow out because of COVID issues. So Oregon just happens to get thrown in there. So Chancy, I mean, I'm I'm saying there's still a chance we can play in the game this weekend against Alabama. <laughs> well, we were talking about that coming in, and I was like, you know what? I guess I hadn't really thought about it, but what 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 kind of a <laughs> of world we live in where <laughs> we had no control of our destiny. We were already ruled out of the SEC championship game, and then just all hell breaks loose, and we're playing in Atlanta <laughs> on Saturday, and it's just like, it's just like, what in God's name is happening? I'll uh, tell you what, Chance, I would do a lot of things to be in that stadium if this were to happen. Oh my God! Obviously, this is a pipe dream, but it's still 
but it's possible. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there's no other there's no other season where this is possible. But um, but but man, uh, it's kind of kind of crazy to think about. But Colorado did uh, announce that they weren't doing any more games this season, so they oh, sent out God. like a they sent out a, a thing. Colorado State's still on the table, but I'm still we're still not seeing anything, any uh, any movement in that regard. And when I say we're not seeing anything, I don't see anything on Twitter. So, yeah. uh, but Which anyway, it's where we get most of our news. Right. Well, so I mean, it, 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 it makes, it just would make sense. I mean, Colorado has played, I think four games. Why would you not want to play one more game? I mean, that's, that's what I don't, that's what I don't understand. Like just let the kids have some more fun. I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, well, it may not be fun to come and get your butt whooped in Sanford stadium, <laughs> but still, I mean, they, yeah, they played five games this year. Don't you think they want to, that's normally less than half a season. Don't you think they want to play one more? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not. I, I th- I, I'm, I'm reading some more now. Um, and uh, let's see. Yeah. There, apparently there's some movement with, with Colorado State. So we'll, but we'll, like I said, we'll, if anything pops up while we're, while we're recording, we'll, uh, we'll definitely let you know. But obviously we, you'll probably know by the time you hear this. But, yeah. Anyway, it's 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 kind of a crazy thought to have, and and at this point, it's 2020, so there's really no telling what's going to happen over the next 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, chance I will say, I mean, even if we end up playing a Colorado State, I mean, anything, anything to actually have a game this weekend. Now, I will say the only benefit of not having a game this weekend is one, I know that we'll eventually have another game. You know, barring you know other circumstances that are outside of our control we will we will you know have have another have a bowl game right uh but the only other thing is it's like i just don't it, it just bothers me to think that these kids i, I mean we have not done we have not have COVID issues right i mean every time that we've had a game that's been rescheduled or postponed or canceled or whatever has been because of the other team or some other team like we changed our schedule around for Florida, you know. So I just don't. It just bothers me that our team seems to have done everything right, and then all of a sudden you got all these other teams that can't do anything right, and we're we're the ones that are suffering because of it. Well, it's just, but at the same time, it's a testament to the leadership of our team. It's a testament to uh, to, to what Kirby's done and and what our uh, what our. Uh, Healthcare teams in, in, in Athens have been able to do to keep our guys protected and whatever rules and regulations we've put in place. And also, it's a testament to our players. I mean, you know, our players aren't doing everything 100% right, but for the most part, they're doing things the right way to yeah, keep themselves healthy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, it sounds like, like the guy, they've been the guys, following the rules. The guys want it. The guys yeah. want to play, and the guys want got something to prove because these guys, these guys want to go to the NFL. I mean, the guys that are playing for us. They want they every game for them is an opportunity to prove that, and so. I've been proud of how we've handled it, and I've been proud of how we've especially approached the back half of this season. Uh, we've we've shown that we want to fight, and that we we've once we once we kind of figured out our identity, and we 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 really do want to play, and so I I I feel like I'm gonna err on the side of we're gonna make something happen. If anything. I feel like we're going to have some type of agreement, whether or not it's able to happen by the end of the week. I feel like we're going to try to make something happen really hard uh, for for this season. It's just it just to me seems like a good opportunity, and uh, and I just there's going to be somebody out there that's willing to 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 give us a to at least talk to us about it. So I, I think I think there's a there's a real real chance that we uh, we make this happen. So you know, I'm just hoping we can we can. Just make the make the right uh, moves. This is going to be McGarrity's last to uh, pull the rabbit out of the hat and uh, see if he can if he can make something happen. Uh, which, because now too the bowl the bowls, um, now they're saying too if if the bowl like these because a lot of bowls are canceling, and yep. so they're basically saying after December nineteenth you can just schedule a game with whoever you want. They're what? Just, there's I have like, not there's, seen that. There, there's something out there that's like you can start oh. scheduling. I, I saw it uh, not not long ago, and, and somebody could tell me. I, I'm trying to remember where I saw that at. But basically, it's kind of giving you rain if you're if you are. I don't know if you are supposed to be in a particular bowl or whatever, and it gets canceled. 
but anyway, there's there's stuff out there saying that you can you can just schedule a game. <laughs> it's like a it's like a bowl game. So um, so anyway, so there, there's going to be some interesting stuff happen for sure. Uh, yeah, but it sounds like but, it sounds like things are about to get wild. It's gonna be like <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a freaking wild wild west out here. I, I I will say you know, it's just with the I mean the bowl games. There's just so many of them that have been relevant, right? I mean they've become irrelevant. There's just I mean even even over the past few years we've seen players individual players opting out even on our own team, and it's just like the bowls have unless you're playing a New Year's Six bowl. They've kind of lost their luster if you're if you're a, a you know upstanding program, um, so that is that is a pretty interesting situation. Just talking about this weekend though, I will say though the only thing the, really the one of the bigger benefits I think from if we did not play again this weekend is we you got good football all day long. There's all these championship games. I mean the Big Twelve championship game is actually at noon. So is the Big Ten one, and then you got Clemson plays Notre Dame obviously. Uh, you've got the the night game is is the Alabama Florida game so uh, you know you got some football to watch I just wish that I wish there was just some way that we could get a big time opponent to come in here not a big time like you know another not like another top ten team I mean I think BYU would be fun I think that would be fun because it sounds like they claim to be you know any team any place whatever and then they go and lose to Coastal Carolina which is awesome or what if we play Coastal Carolina. Well, see, I thought about I thought about that, and I was like, honestly, though, for Coastal Carolina, it it makes good sense. I mean, for for them, it's like that's their that's their play into going to the being in the playoff. I mean, if yeah. they come in, if they come in, because for them, they're not going to get in. Like, if everything plays out right now how it's set up, they're not going to get in. Right. But schedule it with Georgia, and you go and. Um, and, and get a chance, and then you go beat a top ten team. I mean, for them, and then we probably have to pay them. Uh, so I mean, for them, it, because their 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 season would be. I mean, unless they just want to end the season and be undefeated and do the whole UCF thing and just mm. say this was we were the national champions, we were undefeated, and all that kind of stuff, and, and claim it. But that that's that's obviously up to them. But seems like a decent decent idea. I'll be honest. I don't think, I don't think their end goals to their end goal. I I believe is probably to get into a New Year's Six Bowl, and I, I obviously they have a better chance of doing that, and you know staying undefeated and not coming to play us. So, I think that's probably their their goal. I mean, hell, they may end up getting in like a Cotton Bowl or a Fiesta Bowl or something like that. It'd be kind of wild to see, uh, but. I don't think that. I mean, I don't. I know. I, I think they know they don't have a chance to get in the CFP. Uh, so I mean, I, I think they're just trying to, you know, see see what they can do as far as, as making to, you know, as good of a bowl as they can and staying undefeated. But yeah, they definitely. I'm sure they want to err on the side of, hey, we'll just claim whatever we want to claim because we'll, we're undefeated for the year. So yeah, probably so. Well, um, well, anyway, we'll, we'll kind of uh, we're, like I say, we're still gonna keep an eye towards Twitter uh, while we're while we're talking, but. Uh, the big news of the week, we know what is happening without a doubt, is uh, early signing day. Mm-hmm. And just like everything else, this is a crazy early signing day because we have no idea what the scholarship situation is, who's coming back, all this kind of stuff, and the rules that surround this with everything this year kind of being um, – you get to stay if you want to. You can leave if you want to. It's just kind of everything's on the side of the player. And based off what Kirby said today, which is still very cryptic, he says we got a lot of guys that are coming back this year or this this upcoming year. So um, so anyway, we early signing day is coming up. We got a lot of guys that uh, are signing. It's expected to be a uh, another big uh, signing class for us. So uh, Chi, uh, as our recruiter extraordinaire. Um, what is your uh, what is your assessment of of this upcoming Wednesday? Well, I'm uh, I'm very excited because there's still some big names that are out there. Uh, I'll just kind of run through a few of them that to, to to keep your eye on. And I don't know if I have a an exact time for a lot of these guys. Um, so the thing is, most of the guys that we already have uh, committed are going to, I mean, we expect them to sign, which is always a great thing. Um, 
So, I mean, we've already got a top five class on most of the places that you look. <clears throat> uh, but so we've got a few potential additions that could kind of push us over the top and, and it, you know, at least push us into the top three. Number one being the first guy you need to uh, keep your eye on is uh, Mason Smith. He's kind of in LSU's backyard. He's like right outside of New Orleans. Uh, number one player in the country on several sites. He's a defensive tackle, uh, 6'5", 297. He's kind of been one of those guys that's been a shoo-in for LSU for a long time. But, uh, you know, where, where there's smoke, there's fire in, in, uh, down in LSU. And, and they've got about uh, 20 different fires down there. Um, and a lot of smoke. So I'm, I think there's a lot of recruits that are being pretty hesitant with that program right now. And to be honest with you, uh, Oregon, uh, Oregon, Oregon, Orgeron, Coach O, uh, he, he may end up being the first uh, coach to be, well, I was about to say, first coach to be fired the year after he won the national championship. But Gene Chizik did that, I think. Or maybe it was a year or two later. So whatever. Uh, but you know what I'm saying. Like he's, he's going to be on the hot seat without – you know, really, I mean, yeah, they didn't play well this year or whatever, but uh, obviously he's a year out from winning, not not even a year out from winning a national championship, and his job is uh, somewhat in jeopardy from what I understand. Also, the dude needs to get it together. He, he went from being a guy who I respected a lot because of the way he coached to being like, dude, what, he's just like hanging out with these 30-year-old blonde chicks and all this stuff. Like, what in the world, man? Uh, so that is uh, another story for another time. Or another discussion for another time. Um, Chance, there's also another top player in the country, uh, defensive end, outside linebacker, Corey Foreman. He's from California. Uh, wait, hold on. Let me go back to Mason Smith real quick. It's basically, it's it's it sounds like it's come down to us in LSU, which I'm excited about the fact that we're even in his top two uh, with the fact that he's his proximity. It's like, it would be like Georgia losing a kid who went to, I don't know, what's a pipeline? Peach County or something like that or like you know just somewhere that's just like everybody that's a good player from there goes to Georgia um it's and, and basically it's the opposite of Gwinnett County for us which is weird because Gwinnett County is obviously very close to Athens but no kid from Gwinnett County likes to go to Georgia for some damn reason so anyway Mason Smith it's gonna be one to watch I think that his announcement is let's see 4 30 eastern time so See what he does, man. I'm pretty excited about it. Corey Foreman is another kid, California. Uh, he's a you know defensive end, outside linebacker kind of guy, top prospect. Uh, we're we're still on his board. Seems that he was previously committed to Clemson. I've talked about him before. Uh, he seems to be leaning towards USC at this point, and I think that that was kind of his initial. Everybody thought he was going to go to USC back in the day, and then he committed to Clemson early. Obviously, uh, he decommitted, and now. Is a little bit open, but he is leaning towards USC at the moment, but we're still in the race. Uh, Xavier Story is a, a linebacker from uh, Florida. I think he's actually from the Panhandle area, but he uh, goes to IMG Academy, uh, and it's going to be it's either us or Florida. A lot of people think that we have the edge, but I'm a little hesitant to say that it's for sure, uh, but I think a lot of people are going to be having their eyes on him. But I don't know when he announces – uh, if we can, if we find out, maybe I'll post it on our Instagram. Same, same with all the rest of these guys. Donovan Edwards is another guy who's on our board still. Donovan Edwards and Terry and Arnold. Donovan is a running back from Michigan, and it's basically either us or Michigan. And sounds like with the whole Jim Harbaugh being an idiot up there, <laughs> I, I just, man, you talk about a coach. I mean, just it's a little side note. Talk about a coach who just came in with as much hype as you could have got a huge contract and it has done nothing he's accomplished literally nothing up there in his time and it's time for them to go in some sort of different direction i know the grass isn't always greener on the other side but i mean daggone the guy's doing nothing up there and he he just does weird things like apparently he wore i think i mentioned this before he wore cleats in some lady's house may have been a Georgia kid, but he wore cleats in it on a recruiting visit on, like, hardwood floors in their living room. And, like, it was like, literally the mom was like, uh, no, you ain't going there. <laughs> so, just dumb things like that. Uh, so, Donovan Edwards, he's a running back, highly ranked. I think this one is going to be determined by what running backs we have that go to uh, the NFL. 
namely, I think Zeus is going to go. I think Cook comes back, but I'm 50-50 on him. I'll say, no, I'll say I'm 51-49. How about that? Uh, Terry Arnold is a guy who is a, um, he's a safety from Florida as well. He's, he's the one I'm probably least positive on. Actually, Foreman is, but Terry Arnold is, seems to be a Florida lean at this moment. Uh, anything can happen with defensive backs because we have Kirby Smart who, I mean, has done a hell of a job. I mean, you're talking about we have not been able to have a single, you can't do anything. You can't have an unofficial visit. You can't have an official visit. You can't go to meet these kids in person. So to think that like where we are compared to where we were in like March and April of this year, right? Or May, let's just say May. So in May, everybody's freaking out. We had like five commits. One of them being Brock Vandergriff, which is great. But then everybody was like, "We're not. We're gonna be barely in the top twenty-five recruiting." Like Kirby's lost his touch and all this stuff. All of a sudden, we're in the top five and we're in it for all of the top prospects that are left on the board. It is what it is. It, he Kirby doesn't Kirby doesn't lose. He doesn't miss. Well, and Brock uh, and give you talking about Brock Vandergriff. He he was he had another monster game the other night in the playoffs, and um, they were talking to him after the game and. They asked him about early signing day. He's like, "Yeah, looking forward to it. Ready to get to get uh, to graduate and then start in the spring and, and all this kind of stuff." And he said, uh, "Be looking for some uh, be be looking for some unexpected things to happen, basically, or looking for some big things to happen on, on early signing day." Um, he, he it was it's just it's just good to see when you got players like that that are wanting to they're helping lead the charge. But Kirby, I have. I've just gotten to the point now where I'm not worried about. I'm, I have zero. I used to be concerned about recruiting. Right. I used to. I used to. I'm like, you know, we're going to miss out on. We're, we're going to miss out on this guy. We've got three big guys. We might get one of them. Like we're mm-hmm. we're in the hunt, and it's like, okay, we'll get one of those big guys. And Rick was always. I mean, he was a he was a good recruiter. Like he he was. A, if you looked at the grand scheme of college football, he was a good recruiter. He wasn't a great – I mean, he, he wasn't a game changer. We weren't putting that fence around Georgia that we, we talked about. But now with Kirby, I don't – and now with in the team that he has assembled, what might be more impressive is the, the team of recruiters mm-hmm. that he has assembled because you look at our entire coaching staff and majority of them are renowned for their ability to recruit players. Yeah. And, and, and that – and it just his – his knowledge about that and the way he handles it, I'm just never worried. I, people will be like, well, you heard about our, where we're at on the recruit. And I was like, I don't give a crap. Like none of that bothers me because I know we're going to get, <laughs> the, we're going to get the talent. Like I literally have zero. They start talking about it and I'm like, shut up. I'm like you, have you not lived through the last four years? <laughs> I mean, we're just getting so much talent. And, um, and I feel like, especially at the end of this year, having a good offensive coordinator, or have an offensive coordinator that we feel confident in his play calling and the way that we've and we've got a good quarterback in the system, where the talent's getting the ball and we're making we're we're starting to make those moves, and fueling our defense as well. We're starting to figure that out. This talent's about to have an opportunity to shine, and these yeah. guys here right before signing day, having a game like we had this weekend, they're starting to see okay, this is what. This is this is what I want to see. I want to see explosiveness. Yeah. I want to see big time plays. We had big time plays on defense. Big, we're 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 doing this all at the right time. I mean, yeah, I mean, how many how many times do you watch a game and you and you see you you go for three hundred yards passing or over three hundred yards passing and three I, it was two ninety nine. Sorry, excuse me, three three over three hundred yards rushing and then two hundred ninety nine. I'm just gonna say it's freaking three hundred. Uh, passing, and, I mean, like, does it one? I mean, yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, you can't you can't appeal to more talent on offense on the offensive side of the ball more than that. I mean, you've got and not to mention you use our star receiver, and he went over a hundred yards. And yeah, albeit we talked about it before uh, before we started. Uh, it was only the second time in his career that Pickens has gone over a hundred yards receiving, but like. How much of a difference has JT Daniels made in this in this uh, offense, and and not just the offense, but like the whole team? I mean, I know the Mississippi State game kind of came down to the wire, but you could tell that we just started clicking and we we're playing different. And then you saw in the second half of the Mississippi State game that we kind of shut them down. And then since since then, seriously, it's been like okay, like we know what this team can do, and they're playing at a different level. So 
anyway, it, it yes, I, I completely agree with you. You watched that game last weekend, and it's like, yep, yeah, I think we kind of appeal to a lot of guys, and they see what talent we got, and they see what talent's going to be exiting this program, and yeah, they're going to probably want to be a part of it. Well, you look at and and um and we can we can get to the game, but it's this game this past weekend we everybody was involved. The entire offense was involved in the game. The entire yep. like we we went through our entire rotation on defense. Everybody played in that game and played a major role. And and just the way that we're going to be able we're we're carrying the momentum the right way and we can go to these skill players on the offensive side and say we've got our quarterback that's going to take us and 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 going to get the ball to you or be able to lead this offense or now we can say to the defense okay now we've got this team we've got this defense well now we got an offense that can score points and now we we've got we're on we've got a great defense and we've got these you see these great units that we've developed on on the defense side of the ball especially when we're healthy it's just and the way that Kirby caters to them and and the the way and you've been to Athens <laughs> so it's like you live in Athens you know what it is and I've it's been just there. <laughs> like I'm, starting, I'm, I'm, speaking, I'm sitting in, I'm, the, in the in the city limits right now. <laughs> I'm speaking to the I'm speaking to the people. Uh, you, you know you know what it's just it's we, we finally we're, we're figuring it out and I'm just I'm loving the direction that we're heading and um, the fact that with all these top guys we're 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 on the board and and, and we're there. It's just it's exciting, man. It, it really is and. and I'm just I'm pumped for Wednesday, uh, and because next year is going to be crazy too, because you have the opportunity to have extra scholarships and, and those kinds of things. So I mean, any anything, anything is possible. <laughs> the I only mean, thing that limits you with these scholarships is your your is the amount of funds that you have. <laughs> is really well, what it comes down to. You know what? You want to know what's going to be the biggest problem we're going to run into is is transfers because. Yeah. You know, those are going to uh, obviously those are going to count toward, towards our, our scholarship limit. I don't know what kind of alterations they're going to make to that ruling, but I don't. I can't remember if we if we mentioned this in the last podcast. But Arik, excuse me, Arik Gilbert. Did we talk about Arik Gilbert LSU? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like possibility of him transferring to us. So I mean, apparently that's become a lot more real here recently, and. I'll be honest with you, Chancy. I'm sure you remember. Towards the end of that ball game last weekend, we were we were. I mean, it was a done deal. We were going to win that game. I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, who 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 caught like five passes in a row, or who had three uh, five five to five to seven balls thrown to them in a row uh, towards the end of the ball game? Who who was that? Senior Washington. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big boy Darnell. That's right. That's right. I, I believe he's. What's his position again? I think I think he's a tight end, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't, that was a direct message. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. It was the most <laughs> obvious thing in the world. I was like, he is just literally telling Arik, hey, buddy, yeah, we know how to throw the tight ends. Also, I mean, after the game, in the press conference, he said something like that. It, he essentially said, like, you can never have too many tight ends in this league. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know what? It's funny. He says that about pretty much every every position group. He's like, yeah, you can never have too many big defensive tackles. Oh, you can never have too many hard-hitting safeties. <laughs> yeah, I mean. He's, he's always crude. He, always he, crude. He's, he's playing chess, baby. He's just playing chess. Well, um, well. Anyway, we're excited about Wednesday, and, and I feel I feel confident in what Kirby's Kirby's been able to do. And um, the nice thing is, we, we don't really have a game to prepare for. So next forty eight hours, it's all it's all recruiting. It's all talking to guys, getting them on their last little bit, and just making sure we've we're in the running uh, on the last day. So um, I'm, I'm pumped up about it. But um, anything else you got before we we move on to? <laughs> Our football. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and we can, you know, keep it keep it somewhat short and sweet. But I mean, talk about a game. I mean, yeah, that second quarter was a, a little hairy. Uh, that's that's the best way I could put it. But I never really thought that we were going to lose that game. And I, I knew we were going to. I mean, they essentially. So they got a short field on a block punt, and I still honestly I thought that we were going to get a goal line stand there. So, but I mean, aside from that. They really didn't have. They had that momentum, and they carried it into a, a couple more sets of downs. But then once we established it back again, it was like uh, it was it was all dogs from that point on. 
Well, once we once we got that drive and, and we scored right before the end of the half or uh, yeah. end of the first half, really just kind of set the tone. I was with you. I was like, gosh, we're just we're we started out red hot. I mean, basically kind of like a whole like a Florida situation. We just kind of we jumped up to fourteen points just at the blink of an eye, and right. uh, and and then you just kind of get stagnant there for a minute, and uh, and they they got some momentum. And Missouri's a, like we talked about. Missouri's a team that had been playing well. I mean, they were. Each game, they were playing better and better, and right. uh, especially offensively, were really clicking with Blaze with uh, Blazelik or how did you, you say his name? Is that Blazelik? Ba- ba- yeah, Blazelik. Yeah, okay, maybe I said yeah. it right. Ba- Basilic. I put an extra. I L think in you there. put an L in there. <laughs> I put an extra L in there. Um, <laughs> that's, that's why okay. it wasn't sounding right. But guy, I mean, the guy was throwing the ball well, and um, and I actually I was at work. And I, I opened up, uh, I was watching, I had to open up my iPad. We, we closed at noon, so I opened up my iPad uh, after I locked the doors. And we already, like, I'm seeing the, I'm seeing them put the, the, um, the, the, uh, the pads on uh, on Eric Stokes for the interception, and I'm like, "What happened?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, start off uh, couldn't ask for a better start. And so it was. I mean, I missed just a couple of plays, and um, but it was really just a, a dominant performance. It was. It was so good to see. <laughs> it was so good for us offensively just to see balance, which we just haven't seen in in two years. I mean, just pure balance uh, where we if we need to throw the ball, we can throw it without hesitation. And um and to just see us do different stuff in the passing game. I mean, put the ball all over the place, getting the ball to Pickens and, and to Cook in those ways. And like you talked about with, with Darnell, I mean, really just a good, just a good, good, well called game across the board. And uh, the defense just eventually got to where they were smothering Roundtree, wasn't giving, wasn't really giving him a shot. And um and I just thought we, JT played well. Um, Running backs had a just a hell of a day. We kept gashing them the whole time. Um, just a just a just a really good game uh, across the board. Up minus the minus the block punt. I mean, uh, it was it was kind of like they we got two touchdowns really quick, and then they got two touchdowns really quick in similar fashions on on turnovers. And um and so it was uh it it was a just a just a fun game to watch. I mean, you get to the end of the third quarter. It was one of those games where you get into the third quarter. And it's like all right, we got it and. Then you look up and it's like, oh wow, we're just now starting the fourth quarter. <laughs> and, yeah, it was and, a it was a long game. Felt like, yeah. Well, because we were throwing the ball. I mean, we were throwing the ball, and they were obviously having tried to throw the ball to put some points on the board. And yeah. um, we're in the fourth quarter, still slinging it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it was just, it was, uh, it, it kind of drug out there. Um, but uh, but it was just good to see us finally be able to to move the ball and have just explosive plays. I mean, consistently. We were just consistently being explosive in the run game and in the pass game. It, no, that's a great point. I feel like this probably was our most explosive offensive game all year. Yeah. And but and I mean, defensively. I mean we just had we had some really we had some good we had some good plays defensively. Um I, I felt I felt good about it, but but yeah, we, we just really JT is him and Munkin, I don't I, they've got I don't know if it's just JT's talent or whatever the case is, but the, the chemistry they've got going on in terms of Munkin knowing what plays JT feels good about and how where he's at and the, the chemistry he's got with the receivers. And that's been the thing, talking about just a, who had a hell of a game, George Pickens, just the man. We talked about his potential. Yeah. And what I really think is the guy just didn't have enough balls thrown to him. And so, and JT's yeah, actually no, throwing the ball, and and JT's actually throwing the ball to him, and he and, and JT talks about it in his, in the press conferences. There, they ask him about George Pickens. He's like, "Why in the hell wouldn't you throw the ball to him?" I mean, the guy, <laughs> the guy's a monster out there. And mm-hmm. so, I I really do think, um, just getting the ball to you're just going to get it in his. And he talked about it after the game. He said, 50-50 balls for him are eighty twenty balls," and it's such a. I mean, it's very true because he he's going to make the play. To, to that one, that touchdown, that that deep ball, and where it, it, the pass interference that he goes down and catches that ball the way he does, yeah. just an incredible, just an incredible feat. <laughs> I mean, just just a, a incredible, just talent. I mean, I don't know how do you, how do you describe it, but just a phenomenal play. And um, when he caught that one ball <laughs> where he was coming across the middle and, and JT got it to him and tried, he almost looked surprised when he caught it <laughs> that he, there was, there was nobody around him and he was just walked into the end zone. I mean, uh, he had, he had a phenomenal game and, 
Um, but J- I've just been impressed with him and JT's chemistry. They've just done. They've just. They've had it figured out. No, they've they've killed it, and and I think JT puts it very well. Just like this is why this. He, so he he had uh, what's his name, St. Brown, Amon, Amon St. Brown or something like that, uh, at USC, and it's a similar situation. I mean, that's a highly talented receiver out there, and it's like, look, I mean, you've got a guy who, yeah, maybe eight times eight times out of ten is going to win a battle if you throw it up to him. That's a great percentage. Do it. You know, not every receiver is going to have that kind of percentage um, or ratio that they're going to win a win a win a win a ball. And so, uh, the way I look at it is, JT is the guy that's obviously willing to do that, but he's also, I mean, let's be honest, Old Stat and Dewan, they couldn't get those balls to him, and 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 half the time, Stetson would throw underthrow it, and Dewan would throw it like twenty yards past him. So it's like we we just don't we can't find some medium. JT and what I've been most impressed about with JT is his accuracy, and that was his. That's what everybody said about him, you know, at USC and even prior to USC. Whenever he was in high school, highly accurate thrower, but he still has the power to get it downfield to him. So, and that's all you really need, because then that play, that first touchdown with Pickens, it wasn't like he just you know threw a a dime like in the end zone. He just threw it far enough to where Pickens could adjust. And get behind the the defender and adjust and and fall down and catch the ball, you know, and so and and, and then the slant play, like you said, like that was just a thing of beauty. And normally, yeah, he he's got somebody that's up there in his grill, <laughs> but he just he scooted a little bit. And he definitely, I mean, you know, I I just talked about and yeah, I mean, I, maybe he heard heard me talking about him. I don't know, but I don't mean to to criticize th- saying that he's a a bad player. Obviously, highly talented, but we just. I th- and I think you're right. I think it honestly is more so he just has not had near as many opportunities because we can't we don't have a quarterback to get it in in his hands. But he definitely needs. I mean, that's the amount of touches. I mean, he only had five catches and he went for 125 or 126 yards, something like that. So I mean, obviously you got to feed you got to feed your guy. Your your bell cow. Yeah, go ahead go ahead and get it to him. The beautiful thing is he's gonna be back next year, and so is Burton. And so probably Kyrus as, as well, and then you've got all these other you know hopefully like Arian Smith is going to be ready to go. Well, Arian Smith has been playing lately, but then you got a uh, Rosemi as well, and then who knows Demetrius may come back for the thirteenth year. So <laughs> we're we're sitting sitting pretty in Suntan City with our uh, receivers, and then on top of that you've got guys like Darnell and James Cook in the backfield, you know who can who can catch the ball so as well. So man, I future's bright but then i mean also we played pretty darn well in defense we still held them 14 14 points so you can't complain well, and, about and that ha- an offense an offense that converts on third downs the way that we have been and extending drives that mm-hmm. i mean you, we just don't talk about enough of how important that is for our defense and just have a having confidence that they don't have it's, instead of it being about you have to worried about you're going to give up the big play it's knowing that my offense can score we get let's let's just go let's just get after it let's yeah. get at, let's get after them and let's go let's go make a play because we know we know our offense can 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 get us out of a out of a bind but also too just the fact that you you have a drive that maybe maybe you don't score but maybe you get a couple first downs and it right. extends extends the drive flips the field you pin your ears back and you say all right we got them inside their own 10 or we've got them inside their own 20 we can we can really get after them and it just it's just a game changer when you're not put in situations because like you talked about we almost had a goal line stand there from inside the one yeah i mean really and truly if we 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 bumped them back a couple yards i got them a bag but we, we we almost had them there and so it was uh so our, our defense came ready to play and obviously having jordan davis is going to make it make a huge difference in that situation um as he always does but uh but kind of going on talking about JT one more time. The dude took some licks after Basilic. Yeah, once they started to get a little momentum, I mean, he got hit more than uh, Basilic did. I feel yeah, like because we once, only but, had one sack. Well, once Basilic got hit, that he got knocked down that one time. They kind of just said, "All right, we're coming." At, you went after our guy, which I don't think is what happened. But you, you went after our guy, so we're going after your guy. And so yeah. um, it, it it was. Uh, and they just they kept sending an extra man every. I mean, it was a, for a few drives there. They were just sending him every single time, and and uh, JT was having to get that ball out fast. 
and uh, and eventually made him pay for it. But man, he was getting licked, which I mean is good in the sense of guys coming back from an injury. Can he take the hit? Can he handle the pressure? And and he did. I mean, he handled it well, obviously, mm-hmm. and uh, was still making those throws downfield and 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 hitting our guys. So um, it was uh, it, it was good to see him able to to stand up to the pressure. I know it made him feel good too to say, you know what, I got popped got back up, got popped multiple times, and still yeah. got up and made the play. Right. I, I, I completely agree. He seems to be pretty comfortable back there, which is great. I mean, yeah, anytime he gets hit, I just absolutely tense up. I mean, tight, tight, you know what I'm saying. Uh, but they, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've been proud of how he has responded in those situations because you, you could tell he got a little rattled. And then eventually he got he got a completion, and then he just like I think it was almost like everything just like got put, you know, by, you know, in the back of his head. I mean, it was just once that once he got that one completion, it was like full speed ahead. All right, we're back to the basics. That's all you got to do. And then he got comfortable real fast. And then you know what? Whenever you got number one on your team, you you, you get pretty, you get comfortable pretty quick. Uh, once once you get some momentum there, um. I was also just want to point out I was pretty proud of Latavius Barini. I, I can't remember if he's a junior or senior. I, f- I feel like he was part of the 2017 recruiting class, but I'm not positive. But he is a guy who came in for Chris Smith whenever he got injured in the game, and he's been around for forever. He's in that same class with like a mere speed, and both both of those guys just like have just been playing special teams their entire career and have stuck with it and he came in there and he he got a couple uh or one and a half tackles for loss and thought it played pretty well played quick came up on the ball and then, oh wait hold on we hadn't even talked about here's the deal they had a short field on the the block punt but their first touchdown came because they threw a double pass oh yeah and, that's true and i mean it was really just a couple gimmicky things yeah yeah it's a good point it's a real good point so yeah they they didn't really have anything going for them this game, um, and uh, and so it was just it was just good to see us just have a dominating performance. Last few games just had a dominating performance, getting to the end of the season, and, and obviously we want a one more game to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. But if we had to stop the season right now, if we had to stop the regular season at this moment, I feel good about where we're headed, and I feel good about our direction and uh, and. And guys that, like I say, are signing on Wednesday have to feel good about where we are and, and what we're what we're trying to accomplish and what we should be able to accomplish next year and, and with what we've got coming back. And so uh, I think a lot of guys are going to see what we have coming back and that we we lost our two biggest games this past year, this this year. And um, there's going to be some guys that want to come back because we've got guys that they can make a hell of a statement when it comes to their draft stock. JT Daniels being one of them. I mean, mm-hmm. these are some guys that can really make a statement next year. They see what we have coming back. They're going to see what we're getting on National Signing Day. I yep. mean, we've got a ton of guys that I think should make the call to hang around one more year and say, okay, I, we've got we've got something special coming back. Because it really took us till this. It really took us till the last couple games for us to just hell just figure out who we are. Yeah, who? I mean, because and, and and just props to Munkin. We have not talked enough. We we've talked. We haven't talked about play calling all year, uh, in in the negative sense, because the guy has has called games very well. But he has had to he's had to teach an entire offense his playbook, and he's only had the last couple months to do that in person. I mean, this entire time it has been over Zoom or on the phone or whatever the case is. He has not had time to do that, and for us to only lose two games, and be able, and now at the end of this season, be able to put up points the way we're doing it. I mean, they're not against the best competition in the world, but we're still doing it and we're figuring it out. That is a testament to him uh, as well. I mean, I feel I feel good about what he's been able to do this season, and I'm excited about what next year is looking like. Well, and and I think that kind of shows. I mean, I think what you're talking about is something that a lot of recruits will notice is that this team has grown. There's been a lot of growth in this team and they've gone, I mean, and, and one position change has made a lot of difference. And so, especially whenever you look in this, so most of these guys that are left on the board, these big time recruits, most of them are, are defensive guys. And you look at across our defense. I mean, 
and 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 I think this is probably a, probably more of a discussion for either a preview for the for the bowl game, uh, or or right after the bowl game. But I mean, we'll definitely talk about who's gonna who's gonna stay and who we think is gonna leave. And you look across our defense, and uh, we could lose a lot of guys. So I mean, if you're, I mean, of course, if we got talent behind all those guys, but if you're a young recruit on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, if you're elite elite guy, and you want to be on a, a good defense and and also have really talented players around you, but guys that need to be replaced on there, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good spot to look. So I'm I'm excited to see where, uh, you know, what what ends up happening on Wednesday. Of course, some of these guys. Terry and Arnold, for instance, is a guy who is not going to decide until uh, the regular signing day in February. Uh, but the majority of the program, excuse me, the majority of the uh, recruits that we have on our list are going to be deciding on, on Wednesday or signing on Wednesday. So it should be uh, hopefully a pretty good day for the dogs. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought just going back one more, uh, really the, the one of the last things I wanted to say about the, uh, about the game, obviously you saw Zamir White. Have a have a solid game. He went over 100. I, yeah, he went over. Yeah, he went over 100 at 126. Uh, also, Dejan Edwards, old Cockrell County boy, went over 100 yards for his uh, and had his first t- uh, touchdown in the uh, in his career. And man, I love the way he runs. He he runs hard, hard nosed runner, downhill guy, but he's he's still pretty shifty. I like the way he's got good vision. So I, I'm excited about him. We just got a stable of running backs, and it's. I'll be honest with you. If I'm either Z- Zamir, Zeus has got to go. That's the only guy that I know for sure. I feel very, very certain that he's going to go. You don't. I mean, if you've had a pretty good year, you've you've already tore an ACL in both of your knees. I mean, it's just time, man. You ain't getting that much tread on the tires. It's probably time. But I honestly, I'd be kind of surprised if Cook stays around too. I mean, if I'm Cook, I probably leave too because you still got Kenny Mack, Dejan, you got Kendall Milton, and then you got. Probably two running backs coming in this year too. I mean, we've got we we just got a stacked house in there. So, yeah, we'll see we'll see how that all ends up going. Uh, Chance, uh, is there any other comments on the game from last weekend? Was there anything we missed? There there was a lot that happened, but um, but I'm just I'm I'm happy where we are and excited about what's coming. So, um, I think we uh, I think we've uh. Have covered it well. We, we've covered we've covered a lot of ground tonight. We've uh, we, we've done a lot of damage here. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, we went over for an episode that we don't actually have any kind of a preview for. We went over an hour, so I think we I think we did it right because I think we I think we spent probably the first fifteen or, or so minutes uh, just absolutely giving it to Florida for, for screwing up their chances at <laughs> the playoff. They, but they earned it. They earned yeah. every bit of it. So yeah, rightfully so. Rightfully so. All right, Chance. Well, sounds good, brother. We'll um, we'll see if we get a game. Maybe by the time people are listening to this, we'll know who if we have an opponent or not, or who that might be. Uh, I do hope that we have at least one more game. I think the seniors deserve it, and obviously, hopefully, after that, have a bowl as well. Uh, but uh, we'll uh, we'll figure that out probably over the next day, and hopefully, we'll get some big recruits on Wednesday. Maybe so. We'll see. Go dogs. Dogs on top.